Welcome to the WMBF UK podcast. Hello and welcome back to the WMBF UK podcast with me, Sarah Glanville, as your host. Today we are joined by WMBF UK athlete, drug tester and NPA lightweight British champion, David Taylor. Hello, Dave. How are you? Hey, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I am good, thank you. I'm good. Glad you're here. So Dave has been competing in British natural bodybuilding for nine years, and he was an integral part of the WNBF UK over the last few years as it got up and running. He is one of our drug testers, and he competed himself in Supernaturals in October 2022. Dave, I honestly can't tell you how much I've been looking forward to this episode. I know how passionate you are about natural sport. And I can't wait to hear you talk about your own journey as a natural athlete. I also think our listeners will get so much understanding from your experience and knowledge of the WNBF UK drug testing policy. So I think the perfect place to start today is to have you tell us all about how you became one of the drug testers with the WNBF UK. Okay, so it's a long story, but I'll keep it short. (laughs) <laughs> I have, like you said, I've been competing a very long time. My first show was back in 2013 with the BMBF. And over the years, with mixed success, I kind of progressed in bodybuilding. And after the BMBF Scottish in 2019, uh, Andy, uh, president of WMBF, basically sent me a message saying that I had done really well and I'd really upped my physique, you know, to that effect, because that's how he is. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. And uh, from there, we kind of like spoke back and forth, formed a friendship. And in the end, I ended up working with them uh, first as a client and then as a coach through their prep company, Pro Prep, helping athletes prep for stage. And from there, it was kind of like a natural progression because uh, Andy and Steph both know how passionate I am about the sport and also about the science of the sport as well. So uh, the the drug testing role seemed like a really good fit and... uh, here we are two years later. Yeah, I am. Um, I think that that's how most people end up with their little jobs within the WMBF is just the having the passion for the sport. And when you when you believe in natural sport like we do, you gravitate towards the community and the environment within WMBF. And, you know, yeah. that opportunity is there for you to to contribute in a different way, not just as an athlete. Um, so did Andy um, sort of ask if you were up for the challenge or did you volunteer? Well, he basically told me that the drug testing job is the thankless job, it's the unglamorous job, it's the job that nobody wants, and he wasn't (laughs) sure who he would get to do it. (laughs) And I was like, I'll do it, I'll do it. It's a combination of like being eager to please, always wanting to like make people happy. And, you know, there is an interest there as well, because I think with natural bodybuilding, and we'll get onto this later, like, it's important that the sport is natural. Yeah, And it's really important that you have that division between uh, tested and untested bodybuilding and to be able to contribute towards that and help not enforce that. That's the wrong word. Help maintain the sport in a natural form is very important to me. So it was something I was really keen to get involved in. Fantastic. And we're glad to have you. So could you tell our listeners, a lot of whom will be prepping right now for first timers, Mm -hmm. what the drug testing policy with the WNBF UK is? Yeah, so basically on show day, myself, 
uh, and another tester, because obviously I don't test the female competitors, yeah. will be on, on hand. And the winners from all the classes will get taken away once they finish their class into the drug testing room and they will be asked to uh, produce a sample. And that sample is a urine sample, which would then get sent away to one of our WADA approved labs for testing. On top of the winners being tested, uh, there are kind of like, we randomly pick different yeah. competitors from the different classes and they also get tested as well. So even if you finish last in your class, you could get tested so that you, you can't be assured you won't get tested if you don't win, anyone can be tested. Yeah. Uh, there is also uh, out of season testing as well, yeah. especially for the pros. Andy uh, will go on the road and will kind of like, well, not not so much randomly, but kind of impromptu <laughs> show ups to people's yeah. gyms or people's workplaces to get samples. And uh, on top of that, there is uh, polygraphing for everybody as well, which yeah. when I first did it was a, a really interesting experience as an athlete because they kind of hook you up to the, the monitors. Yeah. They ask you the questions. And then you see the little on the line, just like you see in the films. Yeah. And that's to make sure people are being honest with their answers, because obviously there are ways to get around uh, a urine test, but it's very hard to get around a polygraph. And the two together make it a, a pretty robust testing protocol. And I mean, these things catch people out. Well, I mean, people last year were stripped of their titles. One, unfortunately, because of a, a pre-workout stimulant that their coach had recommended them to take the morning of the show to help with their vascularity. So it's yeah. really important that you go to the website and you check the drug testing protocols and that you take responsibility for yourself with that and read everything and make sure that you there are no substances in your current stack or in your supplements that are gonna potentially make you fail a test. Like so much you've said there's like absolute gold just to, completely sort of highlight what you said at the end there it's your responsibility to understand the drug testing policy yeah and as you say unfortunately if a coach has recommended you take a particular supplement or a particular pre-workout if there's something in there that's in the band list even if you didn't realize it was in there because your coach suggested it it's your reputation it's your um name that's that's sort of associated with that it's your responsibility to make sure that you know what you're taking so um, I completely understand, I completely agree with you there saying that you need to, as an athlete, take responsibility to understand what's on that WADA approved list. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, obviously, if somebody's sample flags up, their B sample will be tested. So yeah. or, or they'll be asked to produce another sample or go through another polygraph to ensure that uh, everything has gone correctly, because obviously there is a very small margin of error in these things where the test could come up uh, with an erroneous result. But uh, obviously, if the second test is done as well, there's no kind of second chances. It's not like boxing with Canelo and the Mexican beef, you know, like if you fail, you're done. And what would happen then is uh, the WMBF would contact the other natural federations, your NPAs, your BMBFs, your UKDFBAs, let them know that this specific athlete has failed the test and what they failed for. So, I mean, it's one and out. Yeah. So you need to be careful with these things because Absolutely. if you are a passionate natural athlete and you aren't knowingly taking any bad substances, you could essentially be writing off your whole natural career at least for 10 years, 10 years if yeah. you make this error. So really important to make sure with these things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and where could the where could athletes find that 
um, the drug testing policy so that they can go and have a look at it. WMBF website has all the links. And also, I mean, we, we tend to follow the WADA protocols. So if you look at uh, WADA, if you look at their website as well, and yeah. you look at their kind of rules, that's kind of a, a really good place to start as well. But yeah. WMBF website has everything you need. Yeah, they're, they're great. They've got everything on there. I'll make sure we'll pop a link in the nice. as well for the podcast, just so easy access, but definitely check out the website. And um, Awesome. Just to kind of cover off again, so we have all the winners are tested. We have random drug testing um, urine samples on the day as well and our polygraphing and for our pro athletes out of season testing as well. Yes. Fantastic. Okay, awesome. What does show day look like for you then, David, as a drug tester uh, with the WMBF UK? Okay, so show day, I mean, if we just look at the drug testing, because you'll know yourself from being backstage, you get pulled in all sorts of different directions and you'll help people find places, help an athlete get to the right place so they don't miss their stage time. But from a purely drug testing protocol, I'll kind of like be organizing the paperwork because unsurprisingly, there's a lot of paperwork with these things. Yeah. And then I'll be waiting to pounce when people come off stage. <laughs> <laughs> Me and hopefully my team, are uh, one of our, our pro preppers, Natalie, her husband, Matt, was a, a fantastic help. He's been help- assisting with the drug testing. Yeah. And uh, Andy's mum has also been helping with the drug testing as well. Yeah. So our little squad will be waiting at the edge of the stage for the classes to come off. And if it's random tests, we'll have kind of like rolled a dice or something to kind of pick the person out and we'll get them otherwise we're waiting for the winner and then we'll just say come with us take them to the drug testing room uh get their sample and you'll know yourself from uh, your own test last year that's not always a quick process people sometimes need time bodybuilders tend to be a little bit dehydrated and uh once you get the test once you get the sample fill in the paperwork they get sent away with a copy you keep a copy And then it's back to being poised on the edge of the stage again to do it all over. And that's basically the whole day. Yeah. One after another. Because one of the great things about the WMBF is they really endeavor to do the most drug testing of any of the feds. Because a lot of feds will just do winners or some feds. I don't want to use the word pseudo natural, but some feds don't really test enough or any of their athletes so while they're still a natural fed, the enforcement of it isn't there. So the great thing about the WMBF is we do the most testing. Yeah. We do the most comprehensive testing as well. And while it gives me gray hairs, how busy and stressful it is, it's an important process to have in place. Completely. And just to sort of harken back to maybe, I guess, my maybe my experience being drug tested, mm. uh, we... Uh, the first time I was urine tested was at the first timers event um, and it was a very very warm day we're obviously dehydrated anyway so I guess my advice would be just don't panic if you're pulled over for uh, a urine test Um, I honestly was so dehydrated and then it was the thinking about it was not making it any easier to have to provide a sample um, and when you come off stage you've got a lot of adrenaline and stuff as well your body's probably not thinking about needing to go for a week mm-hmm. <laughs> so you guys have been brilliant just said you know go away have a little drink of water maybe have something small to eat as well just switch your body off thinking about show and then come back when you feel like you're ready to go for a week <laughs> and then I so I actually had been pulled over for the random testing and then mm-hmm. got tested again I remember coming off stage after and um, winning at the end of the 
um, the end of the, the day, the, the novice class, and you, you pulled me over to say I had to give another sample. <laughs> and I thought you were joking because I'd had such a nightmare. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the random test. And I was like, oh, no, not again. But um, yeah. yeah, so it's even that in itself, if you're picked to provide a random sample and then you were to win again as a winner you're tested again so it's very stringent and very sort of um thorough the testing um and I guess you know also to touch on what you've said about maybe other federations not always or, or us being particularly focused on ensuring that we are doing everything that we can to test athletes in the right way and, and protect natural sport I guess the reality is it's because it costs a hell of a lot of money to to run these um drug testing protocols it relies on people like you volunteering your time and expertise um so why in your opinion is it so important that the WMBF UK take this as seriously as they do it's a really good question but I think it's a really simple answer as well I mean yeah. it's natural bodybuilding and yeah. we want natural competitors to be competing yeah. and the only way to ensure that it's a level playing field for all the athletes is to make sure that there's robust testing in place that is going to enforce that. And yeah. it's going to eliminate anyone who is uh, not following the rules. I mean, it's rare that these things happen. I mean, over my years competing, there's only been a handful of people I can think of who were, you know, tested and caught, but could more have been caught if more robust testing was in place at these yeah. other federations? That would be my kind of question, but yeah, really important. And that's not to say that uh, untested sport isn't incredible. I mean, some of my absolute idols, yeah. you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger, you've got James Flex Lewis, you've got Ronnie Coleman. These were the guys I grew up watching and, you know, aspiring to be like. Yeah. But natural sport is natural sport and it should stay that way. And that's why it's so important that whatever the cost, and yeah, it is expensive and it adds on to the, the cost of competing as a WMBF competitor it's one of the more expensive federations to compete in but that's not because people are looking to line their pockets it's because wow. we're looking to have a fair playing field for everyone we'll bring in the latest technology uh with the top of the line drug testing the polygraphing it's all for the athlete and that's important to note as well yeah absolutely and as you say it's it's just they're they're two different sports aren't they there's yeah. there's nothing against as you say non-tested non-tested sport it's um it's an art but it's a completely different ball game to what we're playing within the natural scene and what we're doing is also incredible and it needs to be upheld and and showcased for being completely natural um so yeah absolutely so well you've said. been you've been competing for nine years now is that yeah. right Right. yeah first year was 13 so yeah that well this they're, is they're about <laughs> you're 10 so you've progressed within that time loads Dave your size and condition on stage as well as improved and you won your first British title with the MPA last year congratulations thank you so what's that journey been like for you progressing as a natural athlete oh gosh I think my journey is probably slightly different to a lot of people's I only started lifting weights because of injury. I'd always been a, a very keen footballer and that was what I wanted to do. That was my sport. But uh, I ended up having a really bad torn cruciate ligament when I was younger. And 15 years ago, 15, 15 17 years ago, sorry, I ended up getting a knee reconstruction operation, a uh, very serious surgery. Yeah. And part of that, I was kind of pushed into the gym 
by the physios to lift weights to start like building the strength in the joint wow. and stuff like that yeah. and that kind of time point I lifted weights for a few years and then I uh went to see my friend compete in the 2011 I think it was 11 or 12 BMBF Scottish and while I was there I happened to see uh David Kay compete mm -hmm. and I saw his posing routine and I just it blew me away yeah and I decided this was something I really wanted to do but going into it, I, I mean, this was before there was huge amounts of information, uh, huge amounts of coaches online. I didn't know anything. Yeah. You know, I prepped myself yeah. three years and no surprise, didn't do particularly well, didn't under really understand what needed to be done, didn't have enough information. Bodybuilding.com blogs don't really give you enough info to do it. But then after that, uh, kind of like 2019, 2020, 2022, Worked with really good coaches. Uh, first, uh, a friend of mine, Lainey Straff in Aberdeen, who was fantastic. She helped me really raise my level. And then laterally with Andy and Steph assisting with my coaching in 2020 and last year. And I think just the consistency of process, that's the, that's the key. That's what makes the progress. There's no magic formula of workout plan. There's no magic formula of diet. It's just do good stuff, do it consistently for a long time. And that's what I did. And in the end, it led to it led to some pretty good results last year. So yeah, it really did. Um, and I think even I, I love what you're saying there about the beginning of your journey not being perfect. I guess that we've it, we, a lot of people now because there is so much access to information. There's so much access and exposure to the industry through social media. People expect their journey to be optimal and they're yeah. always pushing for for this idea of the perfect journey and every day having to look completely optimal this amount of sleep and eating your meals and training this hard and you know RIR and all this sort of stuff which of course has a massive impact over time if you're doing everything consistently right as we say consistency is king but just the activity of pushing yourself in the gym and eating relatively well and over the period of time not every day needs to be perfect but what you do most consistently over time you have seen progress and you've refined your art and across the time that you've been training um you know and, and probably as you say as you've had exposure to prep coaches and, and improved your quality of training nutrition things have also improved with time but Time being the most kind of consistent factor and you've just given it your all um over the last 10 years and it's paid off um that's fantastic um what I guess this is a big question but what does it mean to you to be a natural athlete I think this is one because obviously this isn't a spoiler for any other people watching but you gave me the questions in yeah, advance so that yeah. I could think about it and try and come up with some answers and kind of really reflect on it before we spoke this was one I found really hard yeah because there's a part of me that's like oh it's a badge of honor being a natural competitor you're flying the flag but then part of me was like but it's just for me it's normal I can't yeah. I can't see myself ever not being a natural competitor doing things the natural way just feels like the right way for me it, it, the question of would I ever go the the other side would never really one that was on my mind so it's just the way it should be done for me. That's how, yeah. that's what being a natural competitor is, is the way it should be done. Yeah. 
And and I I like being the evil person behind the scenes that gets to write the questions because I honestly, to be honest, a bit like you, Dave, I don't know how I would necessarily answer that. And my initial instinct would probably be very similar to say what you've you know to say there. Yeah, it's a it's you're proud to be a natural athlete, but it just seems to be the way that you've gravitated. And it doesn't seem to be a thought that I've that's ever crossed my mind either. Um, and yeah. That's, uh, I'm glad we had the same thought there. I, I was maybe a bit, bit evil to throw that question in there, not knowing how to answer it myself. Um, so I guess, why do you choose to compete as a natural athlete? Like we obviously said, you've never crossed your mind to compete as an or to train as an assisted competitor. But is there anything under underlying there why you would choose to train and compete naturally? I think... I, as, as we spoke about, I mean, I'm doing a master's degree in dietetics at the moment. Yeah. I've always had a keen knowledge of the of nutrition and also of like anatomy and health. So like how the body works. And as much as uh, steroids, growth hormones, you know, those sort of things can be great for building fantastic muscles. There is also a, a real risk to your overall health and longevity taking these things. And it is very much a refined art to get dosages right so that it doesn't have really bad effects on your yeah. health. I mean, a great example of this is the gym I train at in Aberdeen, in uh, Edinburgh, which you train at as well, Spartan yeah. Gym. Shout out to Spartan Gym. Uh, yeah. the, the guy who runs that gym, John Wynn, fantastic guy. He's, he told me a couple of months ago now that there are people at Spartan who are taking more steroids and growth hormone, growth hormone than Ronnie Coleman was when he won all those Olympias. You know, it puts it in perspective because more isn't always better, but more is what people tend to do. And it leads to lazy coaching as well, rather than really manipulating diet and really working hard to get people in shape. They just push more drugs at them. And yeah. it has led to, if you look at the trend in recent years in untested sport, a lot of these guys are dying, you know, and before their time as well. And I'd quite like to live for a while. So I think that's a good reason to be a natural competitor. <laughs> You've, you've got you've got your masters to finish <laughs> I know <laughs> um yeah and I think see for me specifically I of course my perspective is to see it as a female competitor and on top of the real health concerns and heart attacks and, and everything and you know kidney issues everything that goes along with people who are taking um steroids I see it as from a female perspective in that it's just it, it it can completely change somebody's life depending on what you take it can really really affect your your whole life really your ability to have children your um your actual physical anatomy can change um so yeah I think for me health and particularly being able to showcase what is possible to achieve as a female athlete without going down that route is part of the reason why I would choose to do, to compete naturally and to train that naturally because as you say we do this because we we love the sport and we love to be healthy and we love learning about our bodies and using you know the prep process of prep and training to push ourselves um mentally and physically there isn't a need I don't think necessarily to everyone to always take steroids to put a pin on it, I would say my big advice for anyone 
who is thinking about taking formatized drugs is do your research. Yeah. Make sure you know exactly what you're getting yourself in for. Make sure you know the right process for doing it because if you do it right, it can have very minimal impacts on your health. Yeah, of course. I mean, look at Arnold Schwarzenegger. Granted, he had what was the very first pickup valve put on his heart, but that might happen even without the stories. But like, yeah. you can live a long, healthy life, but you've just got to, like anything else, you've got to make sure you do it the right way. You do it the healthy way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So as a natural athlete, why do you choose to compete in natural federations? Why don't you choose to compete in some of the untested feds? I think there is the potential for it to be like boys against men if you compete as a natural and an untested federation because yeah. the amount of muscle that these uh, untested guys have is just incredible. I mean, they're fantastic athletes. And that, again, it's a reason to compete in a natural fed. It's a reason why the drug testing is so important because it puts that level playing field in place. I know that I'm going against other non-drug-taking guys who are shorter than 173 centimeters or who are lighter than 71 kilos, you yeah. know, and that way I know I'm going to get a fair shake of the stick when I'm on stage. And uh, also you're surrounded by your peers rather than by people who are maybe on a different journey to you or in a different environment to you. Yeah. Fantastic. I love that. So you competed with the MPA last year yes. and you won your first British title. Again, huge congratulations. So what, what did that mean to you to walk away with your British title last year? Yeah, it was it was a big deal. I mean, when uh, when we were setting out the goals for the season, I mean, and this that was my first season competing as an open competitor because yeah. I was lucky enough in uh, twenty twenty to win the novice British title with the UK DFBA. Yeah. Granted, there was only two of us in the class, but the fact that anybody got to stage in the year of COVID was an achievement in itself. So yeah. it was my first year competing as a Mister. So when yeah. we sat down and set goals for the season. The goal was to make it to a final rather than anything else. So to actually be able to go to a final and the, the gentleman, Bryn, who I competed against in the final was absolute gent. He was a, a lovely yeah. guy. To be able to stand on stage with someone else who was in such good condition and to come away with the title was, uh, yeah, it was, it was one of those kind of like career moments. One of those ones that hadn't even made it to the whiteboard yet because I thought yeah. it was beyond where I was. But yeah, absolutely fantastic. It meant the world. Good. Um. Oh, I, I am. Um, I watched you on the live stream. Did you? Oh yeah. no. <laughs> I was no. Honestly, I was sitting rooting for you at home, and it was. It was competitive. They got. They worked you both so hard. Um, rounds and rounds of posing, compare comparison rounds. Um. Yeah. It was it? It was great to see, and you could tell how much it meant to you. Um. I'm. I'm so glad that you've ticked that off. It wasn't even on the whiteboard yet, and you've ticked it off. That's that's epic. Yeah. And I think the, I mean, again, every prep throws up its own challenges and people will discover this. I mean, maybe the novice first time is it might be their first prep. Yeah. So it will be the dieting that'll be the hardest bit or the yeah. regimented nature for the extended period of time. Yeah. I mean, this last prep, uh, I mean, it was about managing injuries. And when we went into it, the idea was, because we're, and you know, we always had our kind of like our brain trust meeting before the start of the season of like, right, Let's and the, the idea was is we're going to strip things back and see how you look before yeah. we decide whether we're going to go for it or not yeah. because I had really bad issues with my back yeah. I had an umbilical hernia and then developed uh, a secondary hernia like a groin hernia as well during the season yeah. and 
being able to just kind of like continue training and continue making progress with those injuries was like the big challenge of this prep. Mm-hmm. So I think you asked like what it meant to me to actually be able to get to stage at all in competitive condition with those challenges was like really important for me. So yeah. it showed that, you know, like whatever the kind of obstacle I could overcome it and make things happen because for me, the diet was always easy. Yeah. Uh, people will hate me for saying this because the diet's hard for a lot of people, but you tell me what to do, I'll do it. You know, it's why it's easy for me to get to stage and get in yeah. condition, but injuries, not so much. Wait till you guys get older, you'll enjoy it for yourselves. Great. I'm not <laughs> looking forward to that. No, I think that um, it's it's interesting because everyone faces different challenges through a prep, as you've said. Mm-hmm. And especially in a first prep, you don't know what you're walking into. So it's all new. It's all a challenge. And you learned through probably your first, your second prep, like what your strengths are and what your areas of challenge are going to be. And they might develop and change over time. Um, Probably similar to you. I'm very much right. I know what I need to do. This is what I'm doing with my diet. Heads in the game. Let's just get it done. Doesn't necessarily feel nice, but there was never a question about whether that was going to happen or not. And for some people, the diet, the adherence to the diet is is a huge part, but -hmm. everyone has their own um, sort of mental battles. And I think a lot of it, even on the diet front, is is a mental game. Um, But, you know, with injuries, it's about being smart, isn't it? And it's being able to sort of adapt and, and right okay this isn't the way ideally it would want to go and I remember speaking to you a few times through your prep and you were in a lot of pain and it was trying to adapt your strategy and still having that goal in sight and dog-headedness that you were going to get there um, and being able to work with your coach and and come forward with strategies that were going to let you get to stage and as you say getting there was already the win Um, Mm and to walk away with the win on top is is just the sweetest victory I suppose yeah big time fantastic so you also competed with the WNBF UK at our Supernaturals event last year yes what was the experience be, um, like being on stage instead of being backstage at it was weird actually because it was in the yeah. same venue where we'd done the drug test in the year before for the previous Supernaturals yeah. in Birmingham yeah. really really nice uh, arena and it was great I mean First thing to note is the WMBF Supernatural show and the first time a show last year were like the biggest natural bodybuilding shows the UK has had yeah. in an incredibly long time. So there was a certain element of controlled chaos. And that is quite normal at a bodybuilding show as yeah. well because the nerves are jangling because everyone is trying to get into and trying to focus. They're nervous. They're going on stage soon. Should I be eating? Should I not? Like the nerves are there, but you know, the team were great. Knowing a lot of the people personally probably helped me too because I was seeing friends rather than members of staff. And uh, yeah, process-wise, I mean, people coming in for the first time would think, oh, this is going slowly or why has this not happened yet? But actually, it runs pretty smooth, especially for the amount of competitors that were there. And everything was done at the right time. Everyone was on stage when they were supposed to be on stage. So for me, it was just like really smooth experience. Everyone was great. And I think, uh, oh gosh, I've forgotten the name of the Tanners, but the Tanners were lovely, especially the uh, the gentleman. He was such a nice guy. And like, yeah. that's, it's those little interactions that make it worthwhile. If you go in hinging your happiness at the show on whether you go away with a trophy or not, nine times out of 10, you're going to be disappointed. 
But if you can go in and enjoy the camaraderie with your fellow competitors, the banter you get with the person that's tanning your ass crack, you know, like <laughs> these are the gold. This is the gold, I tell you. <laughs> you're speaking my language Dave um yeah 100 percent the day you know I, I've always said this and you said it earlier getting to show day in condition you know ready to get tanned up um sitting backstage that's that's the win like mm. I honestly see bodybuilding like a marathon sport like the competing happens every day of prep up until show day and the show day is crossing the finish line and it's like the literally the last 100 metres, the last 100 metres sprint of a, of a marathon that you're wanting to just get across to go across the finish line. And um, yeah, you want to just celebrate it. You want to enjoy it. You want to be with people who are like-minded um, and yeah, share that experience with them. And you, people like yourself who volunteer their time backstage, um, is it really interesting to hear that you got that same sort of feeling that I did around, you know, how happy everyone was just to be there um, yeah. and want to be part of it and, and volunteer their time and everyone's excited to be there. I think that's just part of the magic, the magic that makes the WMBF UK um, such Absolutely. a great atmosphere. I mean, Andy and Steph, the presidents of the Federation, they're really passionate about the sport mm-hmm. and their love of bodybuilding and their desire to have a clean, fair competition for natural guys to compete in. That just kind of feeds down to all the rest of us as well. And I don't think we would be working with them or volunteering with them if we didn't have a similar mindset. So you know if you see someone backstage at WMBF that you'll be able to have a conversation with them about who's been good this season, who their idols are, good bodybuilders, what's going to be happening at Worlds, because we're all just really passionate about it. 100%. Could not agree more. Fantastic. So... I guess, what sets the WMBF UK apart from the other federations that you've competed with in the past 10 years? I think, as we mentioned earlier, it is the robust drug testing protocols. And I'm not just saying that because I'm the drug tester. (laughs) And no other federation have I done a polygraph before. Yeah. And I know that some of them do them, but I've never sat a polygraph as someone who didn't win a class. Yeah. And the drug testing protocols, not just the winners being tested, you know, and also just the sheer scale of the show, like over 100 competitors, you know, classes with 14, 15, 16 guys in for the open classes, not just for the novices and for the juniors, you know, I mean, and as well as that, you look at the pathway and no other federation would have you compete for a world finals where backstage you would look around and you've got Alberto Nunes next to you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the WMBF is the elite when it comes to the worlds, when it comes to the pro classes. It's where all the kind of like really, really top guys ply their trade yeah. internationally as well. So a lot of the guys that people probably follow on their Instagram are probably competing with WMBF. Yeah. So it, the, the potential that you can get if you do well there is probably the highest out of any of the different shows that I've done in the past. Yeah, I totally, completely agree. I think I, so the WNBF UK, the first ever event, the Supernaturals event back in 2021, yeah, that was the first bodybuilding show I ever went to. So I had exposure to the sport through social media, but that was the first show that I ever went to. And I remember seeing athletes who'd done well there and then follow them on social media 
and then to be able to meet them backstage and maybe some of them are then sitting on the judging panel or volunteering their time with the federation and having exposure to these people and realizing how accessible and how community driven everybody is who's involved in the, in the WNBF and how everyone yeah. wants to help and give advice and um just share in their love of the sport um I think that to me is, is a huge differentiator to other federations I've competed with yeah, very um, true just the accessibility to people who want to be championing for natural sport. Absolutely. Okay. So kind of the final real question I have for you is um, thinking about providing a little bit of support, I suppose, to our first timers that are prepping at the moment or our novice athletes who are prepping at the moment. What would your advice be to first timer or novice athletes listening today? That perspective is really important. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, and I've been guilty of this myself, when you are judging your progress, you're always looking at really, really top level guys and you're looking at Instagram lighting. Yeah. You're looking at people who are absolutely super shredded. Then you look at yourself, you look back at them, you look back at yourself and you're like, uh, you know, I don't look as good as I should. But what you need to do is you need to look at it compared to where you were and where you are now. Because bodybuilding, more than any other sport, more than most other sports, is uh, very much you versus you. And I know that's so cliche and so cheesy, but it really is. It's you versus you. And how you view something is uh, very, very important in that regard. I mean, a good example of this is uh, I competed uh, in five shows uh, in 2022. So it's a very busy season. Yeah. And the... BNBF show, which was the second show I competed in, I uh, I placed second last out of a lineup of uh, six. I placed fifth, uh, so I didn't place. Uh, and then at the NPA, I went on and I won a British title. So if I was looking at it from the NPA perspective, I'd be like, you know, oh, it's brilliant. I'm a British title winner. I'm amazing. And then there would be, if I was looking at the BNBF in a certain way of like, I'm a no hope or I've finished fifth, no trophy, no success. But it's about how you look at it. I could have looked at that BMBF show as a failure. But what I remember from that is feedback I got from the judges saying it was the best I'd ever looked. The competitiveness of that lineup, I didn't look out of place. The fact that, uh, and he might laugh if he actually watches this, uh, Joshua Lagoke, who's now a BMBF pro, yeah. who won the BMBF Northern show quite easily, in fact, backstage, he, he looked at me as a peer and as a competitor. So he was kind of like glaring at me, giving me the eyes until he knew he had me beat. He yeah. was like, like backstage. And like, that was a positive because he saw me and the physique I had as a potential yeah. threat. Yeah. Only until he saw the rest of it. But like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. and that shows like, that's positives that can be taken from that. Oh, and here's uh, a simpler way of looking at it. And this was something uh, my, my dad said to me the other day, actually, this is cheesy. We can cut this if it's silly, but- uh, okay. <laughs> I I do a lot of driving because I go up and down to see my dad in Aberdeen and one thing drivers in Scotland for whatever reason love to do or everywhere is they love to tailgate you on the motorway you're going 70 miles an hour and they're one car length behind you yeah. and that really annoys me I I get quite I get road ragey about it so you look in your rear view mirror and they're super close to you and my dad said to me like well why don't you just look in the wing mirror instead they'll look a lot further away and then you'll stress about it less and that's perspective. The car is the same distance yeah. behind you, no matter what. 
But if you look in the rear view, it's really close. You look in the wing mirror, it's further away. How you choose to view the situation will affect your reaction to it. And your reaction to it is the most important thing. So you've got to find the positives in your prep. You've got to find the positives in your progression and not just focus on the negatives or the losses or the lack of trophies. I mean, it took me six years to win my first trophy from 2013 to 2019. But then I just kept working, kept working on the weaknesses. And uh, in the end, it all came good. So you just got to keep working at it. I love that. And that is not getting cut, Dave. That is getting <laughs> cut. I love that, um, that analogy. That's perfect. Um, completely. And it's really hard, I think, not to look in your rear view when how how everyone is on social media these days yeah. and, and you're comparing yourself to people you'll be competing against before you know you, you can find out who's going to be at shows and you can look at their physique and see their best angles on Instagram and then also you compare yourself to the, the people who have larger followings who have incredibly successful first seasons or um do really really well you have no you you don't know anything about their situation how long they've been training how long they've been prepping in comparison to you how long they've been training in general to prepare yeah. for their first ever show compared to you um so yeah it's all about perspective and and as you say you versus you um yeah. i love it we're, we're being cheesy i love it um <laughs> yeah you versus you has been a perfect way you need to kind of go into your first season i think mm. perfect so Dave, I'm so glad that we got to have this chat here in this format. Um, it really actually reminds me of that first time that we spoke properly, which was when we went to the WNBF mm -hmm. posing workshop in Glasgow together last year. Um, and the traffic from Glasgow back to Edinburgh gave us a lot of time <laughs> to yes. have a chat. It was a lot of a lot of uh, back, sort of backed up traffic all the way home. Um, but the posing workshops are kicking off again this year. I think actually by mm -hmm. the time this is out. The London workshop will have happened. Um, that's mm -hmm. happening on the 19th of March. Um, do you know when the next one is after that? Oh, gosh. Put me on the spot. I don't know. But that's they do happen on a semi-regular basis yeah. between now and the shows. And that's really important. You could yeah. have the best physique in the world, but if you don't showcase it in the right way, you could get beaten by somebody who just poses that little bit better, holds their poses that little bit better. So... Yeah, get yourself along to one of those potion workshops and practice. It's important yeah. to practice. A hundred percent. Even just talking about meeting people that are like-minded, meeting people who are in the same boat as you, in the same situation. Um, those posing workshops are fantastic. You get to meet faces that you can then meet again on show day. Um, and because they're held kind of locally. So I think there's one in Birmingham and one in Scotland coming up. You'll mm -hmm. get to meet people who are in your kind of general area. Um, and like me and you, we now we also train at the same gym, so we get to yeah. see each other pretty regularly. Um, but that was kind of like we got to know each other through the federation. We probably would have been training at the same gym and not really have known each other all that well if we hadn't shared in that experience earlier yeah, in the exactly. year. So perfect. Um, I can't finish up today without going through the quick fire question round with you, Dave. And I know that uh -oh. you were having a little lesson of the last few, so hopefully you were expecting the quick fire question <laughs> round. So I'm going to ask you 10 rapid fire questions and I need you to answer instinctively. So the first okay. thing that comes into your head. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Okay. Cream of rice or protein oats? Protein oats. Post show meal of choice? Burger. 
Yeah. I cannot go wrong with a burger. Um, <laughs> pump or stem free workout? I don't use pre workouts. You don't use them. Coffee, coffee. coffee or nothing? Coffee. Coffee. I used to be a coffee girl. Prep sort of pushed me to the pump free workout because I was so flat, mm-hmm. but I used to be a coffee girl. Um, high rep range or low rep range? High. Steps or Stairmaster? Steps. Free weights or machines? Free weights. Are shows one from the front or one from the back? Oh, God. Traditionally, one from the back. Yeah. Okay, off-season or prep? Prep. Best part of show day? God, that's a hard one. That's not very quick fire. Uh, walking out <laughs> on the stage. First yep. walk out. First walk out? Yeah, I do love that. All the adrenaline. And this is definitely not a quick fire question, but it's the final question. What's your favorite thing about being a natural bodybuilder? The community. Me too. Like you say, like-minded people. Yep. Awesome. Right. Thank you so much for your time today, Dave. And thank you to everyone who's listening along at home. We're going to be back in two weeks time to talk to another amazing natural bodybuilder. Episode five of the podcast will be with one of our newly crowned WMBF men's physique pros and the 2022 world's men's physique overall champion, Mr. Charlie Brisburn. Charlie and I will be jumping into a great chat about his pro card and overall win at Worlds in LA and discussing his experience of prepping and competing as a new dad with a young family. Let's just have an honest chat about what it actually takes to juggle all of that um, Mm. and the things everyone should plan for and consider before jumping in. Until then, thank you again, Dave, um, for your time. Thank you to everyone listening at home. Everyone have a great couple of weeks. And this has been the WMBF UK podcast. Check out CNP, our sponsors, and sign up for our events at wnbfuk.com.